0: This is the Modern Pathfinder, a podcast about foraging your own path. Well, hello, Pathfinder friends. It is your host, Wesley, of course. Who else would it be? Uh, today, we're going to actually start diving into different traditions and faiths. And we're going to cover something that has a special place in my heart for the fact that I've met some of the best people that I've ever met um, who prescribe to this faith. Now, there are going to be people who listen to this podcast and say, Wesley, what the fuck? Especially from an LGBTQI perspective. Are you fucking kidding me? But hey, it is what it is. And some of the the brightest smiles came and the warmest feelings have come from people who prescribed to this faith and tradition and it has a special place in my heart and I've learned so much about community and family and we're gonna deep dive and maybe through some research you can find some tidbits that could help you not saying that you need to believe 100% but this podcast is about exploring different ideas that can help us on our spiritual journey so Without further ado, this is about Mormonism. I'm sure from the title you can see that. And uh, we're going to kind of go into the history of Mormonism, how it's uh, played a part in my life, and, um, and we're going to go from there. So without further ado, what is Mormonism? Well, Mormonism is a group that embraces the concept of Christianity as well as revelations made by their founder, um, Joseph Smith Jr. So they primarily belong to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or LDS, which is headquartered in Salt Lake City, Utah. And right now, or as of 2017, they have approximately 16 million members worldwide. They do have other denominations, the Community of Christ, which is a more liberal-centered view of Mormonism um and then they have other sects like the um the fundament the fundamentalist um latter day saints which what has been in the news which i don't consider part of mormonism um because of the um this you know the doctrine actually doesn't add up to what was originally taught if you if you really look into it it doesn't make any sense um, the community of Christ actually centered at Independence, Missouri, while the actual church is centered. Um, I shouldn't say actual church; that's terrible. Or the 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 other church is centered in Salt Lake City, Utah. Excuse me. The Community of Christ Church has about two hundred fifty thousand members, so it's it's relatively small compared to the church, um, or the mainline church of Mormons. Um, originally, the church was founded. In 1830, when the actual Book of Mormon was published by Joseph Smith Jr., which we'll get into here in a little bit. Um, The church today is prevalent in the United States, obviously. Latin America, Canada, Europe, and the Philippines, Africa, and parts of Oceania. While Mormonisms embrace many Christian beliefs, they have their own distinctive set of philosophies, values, and practices. And as we go into their belief system, you'll start to see where it starts to drift from mainline Christianity. And it's important to note that uh Mormons consider themselves Christians, but most other Christian denominations do not consider Mormons Christian. Right? So, welcome to Christianity. That's a lot of that, right? So some of the things that Mormons believe that are the same as mainline Christianity, um, one would be they believe in the crucifixion of Christ or Jesus Christ. Um, they believe in the divinity of Jesus as being a god. Um, they believe that he is part of the Trinity. Um, but that's where we start to veer off to the left. Uh, <laughs> From mainline Christian churches. So any like Catholics, um, Protestants, um, you know, all the other ones, there's so many I can't even count. You know, they believe a lot of times, most of the time, I'm going to say most because with all faiths and religions, there's always going to be some sort of sect or or something that believes in something a little bit different. So f- primarily they believe that the Trinity itself, God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit or ghost are the trinity or the three that equal one. Mormons actually believe that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit or ghost are three separate physical entities or gods with a lowercase g. So it's an important distinction between Mormonism and other mainline Christian churches. Um something that I read that I found very very interesting is that the LDS church or the Latter-day Saints and if you break down that latter day after or after the day I'm thinking I think I'm saying that correctly saints sanctified people people who are of God so basically people who are, are of God afterwards they believe that Adam and Eve lived in Davis County, Missouri after being driven from the Garden of Eden. Now, this isn't stuff they're going to promote. This is, this is teachings that they're teaching. But they believe that after God kicked out Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden, they packed up their car, their Winnebago, and they went to Davis County, Missouri um, after, after, the, after the eviction. Which is an interesting concept, which starts really the idea that Mormonism is an American church, is strictly American, and it's going to make a little bit more sense here in a second when we talk about America, because a lot of this has to do with being founded in the Americas. According to Mormonism, there are three levels of heaven, and I'm going to botch one of these it's the Celestial, Terrestrial, and Telestial, T-E-L-E-S-T-I-A-L, which is the third one. And it's, an, it's important to note that only those folks or Mormons in the Celestial Kingdom will live in God's presence after they die. So the idea is you need to be in the Celestial Kingdom to reap the rewards of the faith after you pass on. Now, there's many different rules and regulations to get to the celestial kingdom. Must be married. There's certain other things that you gotta gotta fall in line with. Like I said before, they do not recognize the concept of the Trinity per se. I guess the Trinity in 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 an essence that the Trinity being Three, three. yes they do, but in the idea that the Trinity being one, three being one, as in most mainline churches, no, they don't. They believe that the Father, or God, the Son, and the Holy Ghost are three separate gods, lowercase g. Important distinction. They also believe that after Jesus, that... Other prophets were sent to preach the word of after Christ. So, after Christ, there are other prophets that were sent to teach, which f- falls on the leader or the creator of the Mormon church. I wouldn't say, can't say creator because they believe that God is the creator. But so, the founder of the church, Joseph Smith, was a prophet from God. An interesting thing about Mormonism is that they do follow a strict, healthy lifestyle. Now, not all of them. This isn't a, every Mormon you meet is going to be on some strict diet regimen. But the church does teach that alcohol is unacceptable, which is something I cannot get behind. Sorry. Tobacco. I don't smoke, so, well, there you go. Coffee and tea. they are going to say, well, Wes, what the hell? Why why coffee and tea? Why is coffee and tea unacceptable? What's that got to do with salvation? Well, you have to go back to some of the original che- teachings of the church of Mormonism. Joseph Smith had a speech where he says that dark liquids should not enter the body. And if you and so they took that as him saying coffee and tea Now, there's probably more to that. I probably botched that and butchered that. So do your own research. As if anything that I say, do not take it for face value. Do your own research. Hopefully, just plants a seed for you to do a little bit of digging. Um, But yeah, no coffee or tea. Some values that they hold, which this is where I start to kind of fall in line, is family life. Now, let me tell you. Family to Mormons is a big deal. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the website Ancestry.com. That is a Mormon business. I don't know if it still is. I don't know if it's publicly traded. I don't know how it worked, but it, it started by Mormons. They believe that knowing your past, knowing your family, is basically the roadmap to salvation, Right. Gene- genealogy is a thing. Most genealogy searches come from the state of Utah. Google it. I'm not making this shit up. Google it. It's so fascinating. There is no other religious, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, Judaism is really into the, you know, finding where who your birth people are and all that kind of stuff. Well, you can't even become a citizen of Israel unless you know who you're, if you have some sort of Judaism in your bloodline, but I don't know if that's true. I just I just said that I'm, I don't even know if that's true. Don't do not, fact check me, call me out, or whatever. <laughs> but man, I need to I need to lay off the beer when I do my podcast. That's a hint. I do like to uh, drink a little bit of beer and talk religious stuff. But anyways, let's move on. Enough about me. So Mormonism. So, yeah, genealogy is super big. So, family life. Um, that's where I, I really respect this. I also do believe that family is important. Now, when I say family is important, I don't necessarily mean the family you're born into. Right. Especially as queer as queer people, our family could be chosen because we're not always going to get the support. From our biological family, we create our, and craft our own family. And that is completely possible, folks. Family, the idea of family, to me, is a group that helps each other succeed, nurtures each other, gives wisdom. So if you're out there and you're like, I hate my family, here, here's an idea. Create your own I have been blessed by whoever, whatever with a fantastic family. I love my family so much. You know, even I, you know, Pat's Pat's family, I just I, I love my family. But I know not everyone has that love. So you have the ability to make your own, and that's the beautiful thing about it. So, when I say family life with Mormonism, that family idea is really prevalent, and I, I truly wholeheartedly believe in that. I My best friend in college, he's still a good friend of mine today. We don't really talk that much, and I don't know if he listens to this podcast, but his family opened their arms to me when I first moved to Utah. And yeah, that's another thing. I lived in Utah for a couple of years. That's why I'm so semi-knowledgeable about this topic. But anyways, I moved moved out to Utah to work in the film industry. And um yeah, you're like Utah Film Industry? What what? What? Yeah, it was a thing. Yeah. Two thousands. It was a thing. Anyways. So the 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 love was just there and um you know when they say that you know i I get lost for words when I speak about this because when I look back on that experience, I couldn't have I couldn't have done it without without them, and I'm so grateful. And you know that they made an imprint on my life. And you know I look at life as like being a big beach that no one's walked on. And as you go through life, you're taking a step by step and step, and different people are making different imprints in the sand, and they impact your life, and they imprint their. Their, their, their foot and their soul onto you and it's a distinctive a distinctive print and they have a distinctive print on my life and it's just I look back on those times and it was a struggle some of the worst years of my life but it also was some of the best years of my life because the love and support that and the struggle that we all went through and you know and I, Mormonism had a lot to do with it you know it it's it's like this, right? So when I went to college in Florida, so I went to college in Orlando and I met one of my best friends and I you know, I was a, a gay closeted I wasn't really clos I was closeted in college, but I wasn't closeted, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Anyways, I would invite the missionaries over to my the Mormon missionaries to my apartment to eat because I knew they didn't really get to eat and they would talk about the Book of Mormon to me. And I would let them and because my friend – I'm not going to say his name because I don't know – I don't have that permission. But he he imprinted that they're out there doing good and they truly believe they're doing good. And why would I be negative to somebody who believes that way? Now, I I never was going to prescribe to that because I never felt like I belonged. But where's the humanity in not helping somebody – by giving them an outlet to come eat and feed them no matter how I viewed that. And so I kind of built up this um, love for that. And so that kind of falls into that family life. And I truly feel that my friend and his family is my family. I, I, I still feel that today even though I don't talk to them because that's how strong the bond is. I hope they feel that way. Probably not. It's okay if they don't. But that's, that's just how important they were to me. Also, they do, um, they do honor good deeds. And most religious faiths do have a, you know, they have a, a teaching about just being a good person. Now, the idea or definition of good is very gray, but for the most part, we treat people with respect. And, and Mormons, for the most part, do. Now, we can sit here and argue and say, Wes, no, nah, that might not be the case. I was a Mormon growing up, and I was gay, and they treated me like shit. Now, that's different, but on the whole, the idea is to treat people equally, and um, they don't wish harm on nobody. They do have respect for authority, which we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, um, and missionary work. Now, I could go on a five-hour rant about missionary work, but I'm not going to. I'm going to sum it up in a couple of things. One, I don't believe in it. Why? Well, I don't believe in putting our own religious spin on other people's lives. Shouldn't be a thing, right? People should be able to believe what they want to believe It Now, no one's better than anybody. This idea that I have to go to another country to spread the word of something is ridiculous to me. It's a good example, right? Like this. Christianity was founded in the Middle East. That's not a shocker. I hope that's not nothing new to anybody. It's 2020. I'm an American. American white guy. I'm going to go to Africa to spread the word of Jesus Christ. What the fuck? No. To me, that's so ass backwards. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm being being that guy. Like I've said before, it's my podcast. I'll say whatever I want. I don't know if this spreading of the word to save people's self, like to save people's soul, like to me that it's basically saying that everybody else in the world is wrong and I am right. No, I I can't prescribe to that. I just can't prescribe to that. It flashes back this memory of when I was in my Assemblies of God church back when I was a um a young young Wesley in high school. And somebody asked the youth pastor, which I totally respect, even to this day I respect the man. He passed away back when I was in high school, young guy. Had a brain aneurysm. But somebody asked him, pastor, what about the tribes? in the Amazon who've never seen anybody and they don't even have any type of clue about Jesus. What happens to them when they die? The room got eerily quiet, eerily quiet. And you can see the cogs working in the youth pastor's head. His eyes opened like he was in a trance. And he says, their blood is on your hands. And it was such a shocking moment. It's like, wait a minute. So what you're saying is that anybody who hasn't had the word of God or Jesus Christ, their blood is on my hands when I go to heaven because it is my responsibility to teach the word of Jesus Christ to these peoples that have never had that experience? That has haunted me to this day. But that single story motivates so many people to uproot their lives and be missionaries, to go spread the word. How many missionaries, how many, think about this, and I'm not even going to say the answer to this, but think about how many faiths out there who actually have missionaries? Does Islam have missionaries? Does Buddhists have missionaries? Does Judaism have missionaries? Does Wiccans have missionaries? Do Christians have missionaries? Think about who has missionaries. That's interesting, right? It's interesting. Moving on. Something that I learned when I was in Utah, um, which I found very intriguing, is that they have um, ritual clothing. Not hoods and robes, but special undergarments that have religious significance. Interesting. Google it. They're called temple garments, but Google it. Now they're only worn by adult members, okay? That that I know of. I don't know if kids. I, I, I doubt it. And it's about making sacred promises to God about modesty and not having non-marital sex. Interesting. So, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm even basking in the information as I read it off my list. So when we think about Mormonism, and those are just some little bit of tidbits, um, where did this come from? Well, his name was Joseph Smith Jr. He was born in Vermont. We're just going to give a little history lesson here. He was born in Vermont in 1805, December 23rd to be exact. And something important to note that when he was 14, he said he had a vision from God and Jesus that told him not to join any other Christian denomination. So he's out in the woods doing his thing. Some personages or personages come out of the sky in physical form. Mind you, these, these look like actual flesh and blood individuals. They show up and they say, Joe, hell no, don't join any of these other things. In time, I will reveal to you the actual teachings. In time. Not right now, because we, we got some other shit to do. But in time, I'm going to reveal some shit to you, and that's going to be the true church. So a couple years later, precisely three years later, he was visited by this angel Moroni. And Moroni comes down in his etherealness and he says, Joseph, dude, bro. You've been selected. Okay? You've been selected to translate a book. Okay? The book is written by my pops. His name is Mormon. You're going to translate this shit. You're going to make it into a book. And according to Moroni the book was contained information about ancient people who had inhabited the Americas. What's important to note is that the book was actually transcribed on some plates, some golden plates. And strangely enough, those golden plates were located in Palmyra, New York, which was close to where Joseph actually lived. So, Although Joseph was told about the plates in 1823, he says that he was not allowed to retrieve them until 1827. Huh. Interesting. So if you look at some of the drama, sorry for the pause. So if you look at the drama, that's why a lot of people say that it starts to get a little fishy because if if it was revealed to you that these plates actually existed, why did it take you four years? 23, 24, 25, 26, seven? Yeah, four years. I had to count on my fingers like a two-year-old. It took you four years to go find these things? Hmm. Fishy, 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 fishy. I'm not saying that, that that's just my own personal opinion. I'm not saying that that's the actual case. I'm not coming at anybody. But ultimately, Joseph does dig up these plates, Apparently. And uh, the Book of Mormon was translated in 1830. Now, a lot of people have asked, how did Joseph translate the plates? Well, apparently, there's a couple different methods he used. And you you can actually Google that and look up that information. But one of the methods was the use of a seer stone, which is like a polished stone. The church actually has the stone in its custody at this point up in Salt Lake City. And Joseph was said to take the stone, excuse me, take the stone and put it into his hat and put his face into the hat and he was able to see the translation of the book. This book was supposed to restore the church of Jesus Christ and preach the true gospel now, when Joseph was doing this, so when Joseph released the Book of Mormon, he started getting all these followers, right? But he was also pissing a lot of people off out in New York. So Joseph ended up starting to move west. So he was taking his book and his followers, and he was moving west. He starts to settle in a couple different states, Missouri, Ohio, Illinois. And he's having he's having run-ins with local local other churches and just local Americans themselves. And a lot of people are like, dude, get the heck out of here. Like take this bullshit somewhere else. And so he's getting kicked out of place to place to place to place. Well, unfortunately for Joseph, um, he was jailed for the, his his teachings and, and he was charged with treason. Now, a, a thing to note about Joseph is he actually um, ran for president. I can't tell you off the top of my head what year he ran for president, but but Google It's interesting. Um, so he was in jail and, um, in 1844. Um, and then unfortunately, um, he was murdered by a mob um, in 18, on June 27th 1844 um, in Carthage, Illinois. And nobody deserves to be murdered. Um, and so it comes to that, that age old question with any type of prophet or Messiah is where I struggle is like, do I really think that Joseph thought really truly that he was a prophet? Because if he did, it's even sadder that he truly believed, um, that what he was doing was right. Now, if he was a swindler or a con man, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people can uh, say that he was a con man in his early life, um, and he was wrapped up in some things that were kind of unsavory. That's for you to decide. Um, There's multiple books out there on this topic. Um, It's not my place to judge him like that. Um, We're specifically talking about the religion itself. Um, And some things to note to kind of go back before Joseph was killed. He was murdered. Okay. When... You know, this wasn't, you know. There's a difference between being killed and being murdered. Words do matter. Joseph was murdered. He was in captivity. People came to cause him harm. He was murdered. Anyways, so some some drama around the Book of Mormon to to understand this is some of the Book of Mormon has um, uh, the feeling – like it has some of the same i don't even know the word i don't even know if i should even say this it has like the king james version bible is a part of of mormonism as well but it has some of the same flow in you know wording as the book of mormon which a lot of people say that is why it was it's a made up document because if it was truly um Divinely inspired, it wouldn't be like a Bible that was written for the king, for King James himself. So, that look into it. It's a great. There's some great stuff online. It truly is. Like there's a lot of drama. It's like Real Housewives of Jesus, folks. Real Housewives of Jesus Christ. Um, around this topic, but it's it's a fascinating topic. So, after Joseph dies, is when the church. um, And we're going to kind of breeze through this, and I know there's a lot. Um, that's involved in this. And maybe, maybe we'll get a guest on to talk about more about this, but, um, the church actually was succeeded by Brigham Young, um, who led the church for a long time, um, up until about 1877, I believe. So, and that's where you get the Mormons out in Utah. Um, he established Salt Lake city. Um, and there's a lot of good history out there as how that happened. Um, The journey from the Midwest out to Utah, there's some great stories about bravery and all kinds of stuff. There's some drama as far as massacres. It's called the Mormon um, Western Expansion. Google it. There's such such good things. But we're not going to talk about all that. This isn't a Mormon history podcast. How does Mormonism play with me? Well, like I said at the beginning. I was shown so much compassion and love when I moved out to Utah. And it's kind of imprinted into my life that you can fundamentally have different beliefs than somebody and still respect and treat them, you know, honorably. And that's what the, that's what the church did for me. And it's hard for me to hear and see all these stories about Um, how people are treated out there and maybe it's because I'm not a part of the church is why I was treated that way and I had no intention. Um, There are times where I really looked into it to try to find my own place in it, but I never like took the plunge to like become a Mormon because I ultimately felt that I couldn't be because of my lifestyle, right? So which is most Christian denominations, I felt that way. No matter what I tried to do, I just never felt a part of it. Even affirming churches, I just I just never felt, I felt like I was, you know, like the, you know, the Kroger brand of Christianity. I was ch- just trying to, you know, find something that was going to work for me. And I don't feel like religion or spirituality should be that way. So... Why I have an affinity with, with with Mormons and Mormonism is I feel a connection because when I was out there and that idea that family is important and um, general respect um, for all people, it's a different vibe out there. I've lived all over the United States and there's it's a different vibe out in Utah, you know, how I grew up, you know, you could hold hands on dates. You can kiss on your first date. I mean, you know, parents probably wouldn't have been cool with that. Out out there in Mormontown, girl, bye. You ain't kissing nobody until you're married. You ain't touching nobody until you're married. Is there something to be said about that? I don't know. I believe in sexual freedom, so my personal opinion is, I don't know. I I go back and forth. What works for you works for you. Be yourself, baby girl. But there's just something about it that just resonates with me. I don't prescribe to the masculine view of God, you know a lot in that the Christian faiths do you know traditions do believe in that right that God is a he. I don't know if I can wrap my arms around that one hundred percent um and so that's another thing that I differ from um I don't know. If I believe that God is a physical human, flesh and bone human being, um, I don't think that I can prescribe to that. So there are some things that I don't believe in, but for the most part, I have no qualm with Mormons. They've never come for me. They stayed in their corner. I stay in mine. So I kind of wanted to get on here and just kind of talk about it and start diving into different faiths and traditions. Like I've said before on many other podcasts or episodes, that guys reach out to me and let's talk about some fun things. Um, I appreciate you. Make sure that you smile at somebody, be yourself, find your family. And um, it's okay to be different, it's okay to um, um, struggle, right? So if you want to know more about Mormonism, there are some fantastic websites. Um, I would try to stay clear of any type of church websites because they're going to give you that altered view to make them look fantastic. There are some more um, historical, I mean, you can even go to historychannel.com and probably find more um, relevant or unbiased information than the church website itself. So don't get wrapped up in the propaganda. Um, find what works for you. Take care of yourself. Be blessed. Um, next week, next couple weeks, I'm going to be on vacation. So you might not hear from me, um, until probably the end of April. I wanted to get a podcast done before I got onto the plane. Um, but I love every single one of you reach out to me, Facebook, email, um, anchor anywhere. Um, and that would be great. So take care of yourselves, friends, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks.